So how are you, church? <laughs> it's beautiful, isn't it? Seeing everybody come together like this. If, you, uh, if you're a guest, you know, Andy mentioned the Connect card. I just want to say a big welcome. This is a very special Sunday for us, and maybe that's why a friend or a family member invited you to come today. But just one Sunday a year, we do something really special. We celebrate the anniversary of our church when six years ago today, basically the fourth Sunday of January, 2011, Liberty Church was born. And so I just wanna say happy birthday. And uh, I think we've actually got a couple pictures of our launch Sunday. I don't know if we can put that, that was us. And we were pretty pumped. Andy and I moved to New York City. When we, when we answered the call of God to move to New York City and plant Liberty Church, I, I'm not exaggerating, we knew two people in New York City and neither of them ever came to Liberty Church one time. And so that should give you some sense like what I have. In fact, I think there's another picture as well from that launch day. That, that's how cold it was that day, so I'm feeling good about today. It's all relative, right? It's, like, it's almost like spring out there, guys. Ah. Uh, and that was us gathering in the Tribeca Cinemas down on Canal and Varick, the day our church was born. You know, we, I, I felt, especially late last year, that the theme of this year's Vision Sunday services would be united. United. Psalm 133, verses 1 to 3. It says, How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. God loved to see his people united. How good and pleasant it is when God's people live together in unity. It's like precious oil poured on the head. What's that represent? Well, literally it represents like the Old Testament anointing. For you and I, it's like the anointing of the Holy Spirit that we all, not just kings experience, but today all of us, in a sense, kings and priests, princes and princesses in the kingdom, we all experience that beautiful, precious oil. Comes in the place of unity, the Bible says, running down on the beard, on Aaron's beard, on the collar of his robe. It's as if the dew of Hermon were falling on Mount Zion. Listen, for there, where? Where God's people dwell together united. It says, for there, God bestows his blessing. Another translation says there, God commands the blessing. He commands it. He bestows it, he gives it. It says, there the Lord bestows his blessing, even life forevermore. You know, I believe there's power in us uniting. Of course, today we're one church, four communities, soon to be a couple more. <laughs> but we came together today united from Brooklyn, from downtown, from Union Square, and from the Upper West Side. One church, and more importantly, one name. And we come together and the Bible says when we do, not only is it good and pleasant, yes and amen to that, and not only do I believe that it brings that precious oil, the anointing, my goodness, the worship this morning. It's an anointing in the place of unity, but also God bestows and commands his blessing, even life forevermore. I believe in that people in this place are gonna experience eternal life, maybe some for the very first time, discover the life that is in following Jesus. And for the rest of us who maybe already know and follow Jesus, he's our Lord and Savior, to be reminded of the life that we have and that that is a forever, forevermore kind of life. You know, one of the things I love so much about our church, many things, but one of the things that I've always loved about our church is that, that we have sought, prized unity in our diversity. I love that we come together from all different parts, not only of our city, not even just from our nation, but from the nations of the earth, over 40 nations and counting. I love that we come from all different cultures and backgrounds, different creeds and styles from different generations, and we come together as one. We celebrate our diversity and we do it in unity. And now, expanding beyond New York City with new communities in St. Pete in Florida, San Francisco and California, and Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, here in our own backyard, and soon to be in Manzini, Swaziland, United. You know, it's been our best year yet, hands down, as a church, 2016. It was our best year yet. 
And so we prepared a little video. We're gonna show you the vision video in a few minutes from now. But first, I wanted to show you, last year the team did a cool thing. They put together our annual report in a video form. And I loved it so much, so rich with really testimony. Really, the numbers never really tell the story because every one of those numbers represents a life. And that's what we're really celebrating. But I do believe healthy things grow. And I do believe we ought to praise God and be grateful for all he's doing in our church. So first video we're gonna watch is this year's annual report. I believe you're gonna be so encouraged. 2016 was an incredible year of growth and progress for us as a church. And we hope you're encouraged by our latest annual report. We believe there's power in gathering as a community and our Sunday services increased in attendance by 20% on average last year. 750 guests filled out Connect cards and we saw a 24% increase in people making the decision to follow Jesus in our services. We also celebrated adding the Upper West Side community to the Liberty family and discovered that we now represent over 40 nations and 27 languages spoken as a church. Over 170 community groups were provided to care for and disciple our church, and we're thrilled to report that 90% of our average weekend attendance also participated in groups, up by another 17% since the previous year. Our pastoral care team provided 969 individual one-on-ones and care calls, sent 48 bouquets of flowers, visited 38 people in hospital, and supported 13 families with new babies and much more. In its second year, our She Is Free conference grew by 137% to 896 attendees, representing 190 different churches from 28 states and 13 nations. Our Liberty Kids continued to flourish and grew by another 20%, as well as launching the Sons of Liberty, a very popular new program for the boys. We're grateful to see 21% more people gave across the year, and total tithes and offerings increased by 8% as a result. Our seed offering for missions and church planting grew by 20% to an incredible $367,024.52. And overall, we sowed 26% of our gross income as a church into missions, church planting, benevolence, disaster relief, and meeting needs in the wider community. Liberty City held 118 outreaches for the greater good throughout the year with the help of 79 volunteers, serving an average of 267 people in our neighborhoods each month. Highlights included our forum on race, justice and unity, four anti-human trafficking trainings, 115 children of incarcerated citizens receiving Christmas presents, and over 600 gift bags were given to women working in strip clubs, just to name a few. And meanwhile, through Liberty Foundation, we sent missions teams to Honduras, to India, and also to Swaziland, where we launched the Liberty Community Center, already impacting over 600 young people in its first year alone. We financially supported 15 church plants around the world and hosted the first ARC exchange in the city with 135 pastors and leaders gathering. And through Children's Cup, your generosity helped meet the basic needs of 136 more children in extreme poverty every month. So thank you. To everyone who calls Liberty Church home, it's good to be reminded of the impact we're having together. Let's rise up and build in 2017. <laughs> yes! You did that. That's pretty awesome. You did that. Come on. I, uh, we're going to post that annual report. Uh, online on the website in the next couple of days. Because I don't know about you, but it's like, whoa, it's like almost too much to take in. And I kind of love that. Believe it or not, we had to be really selective about what we included. There was like a hundred more testimonies besides that didn't make the final cut. Just otherwise we would have been here all afternoon celebrating, which would have been cool in its own way, right? I want to just at this moment too, we haven't even seen the vision video yet, but I want to thank John and Aaron Cortizo, our video team, Kristen Tarsic and others who work very hard on pulling together all of these testimonies that God would be glorified today. You know, uh, I was reading Matthew chapter nine this week. If you got your Bibles, I want you to go with me for a moment. Matthew chapter nine, in verse 14, it says that John's disciples, this is uh, John the Baptist, John's disciples came and asked him, how is it that we and the Pharisees fast often 
but your disciples do not fast. Anyone thinking the irony that I've chosen this text today? If you don't know this, over 400 of us are concluding today. 21 days of prayer and fasting, amen? It's gonna be prayer and feasting as of tonight. So, but John the Baptist come to, comes to Jesus and said, what's up with your disciples? Why aren't they fasting? And Jesus answered, how can the guests of the bridegroom mourn while he's with them? The time will come when the bridegroom will be taken from them, then they will fast. In other words, the whole point to me of fasting is that it's about passion, not penance. It's about devotion, not discipline. And they had Jesus right there, live in the flesh. It was not the time for fasting. It was a time for celebrating with him. Amen, that time would come. But listen to what it says right after that. This is what really struck me today is I wanna share a few things in the vision of our church. Jesus responds to that kind of mindset with this kind of a parable, if you like. He says, no one sews a patch of unshrunk cloth on an old garment for the patch will pull away from the garment making the tear worse. Neither do people pour new wine into old wineskins. If they do, the wineskins will burst, the wine will run out and the wineskins will be ruined. No, they pour new wine into new wineskins and both are preserved. I only noticed for the first time recently that Jesus is not only challenging the kind of religious mindset of the day there that even John's disciples had fallen into, they were missing the point of the Messiah, but it's in the next chapter that he chooses his disciples. He was also giving them a hint of the sort of people he was looking for. People that would be new wineskins in order that they could receive new wine. People that wouldn't be like old cloth, you know, a sort of unshrunken cloth, I should say, that would be sewn on a new garment and ruin it when it's washed. But they would be people fit for the purpose that he was calling them to. I believe, I believe that you and I are called to be new wineskins. I think that's a word for us in 2017. You know, uh, I want us to retain the new wineskin culture we've had as a church. It's kind of easy when you move to a city. Well, it's not easy, it's hard, but the new wineskins part is easy. When you move, because everything's new. Everything you do is for the first time. Everything is an experiment that you hope works. And if it doesn't, then you do another experiment and then another experiment until something works, right? It's easy to have that new wineskin kind of mindset when everything is new wine, everything is brand new and you're pioneering. And in some senses, you have a lot of upside potential and very little downside potential, not much to lose, amen? But isn't it just like human nature that it's only too easy for us to settle into an old wineskin mentality if we're not careful? You know, otherwise God in his kindness, if we become old wineskins, will spare us the new wine for our sake, and for the wine's sake. And it's really his kindness that he'd do it, but we'd be missing out. We'd be the poorer for it if we didn't keep that wineskin. At our church haven't changed. The vision really hasn't changed. The values, we're about love, truth, freedom, family, and others always have been, always will be. And yet while our values haven't changed and our vision is the same, our vision is to know Christ and to make him known, the skin that we carry them in has been continually renewed. And so before we play this year's vision video, I just wanna speak just for a couple of minutes that I have to four areas of our vision that I think are being renewed right now. Four areas of the vision that I pray are gonna be new wine skins that God will pour out his new wine in and we'll experience more and more of God, amen. The first is this, the first new wine skin I'm thrilled about this year. And of course, it's no secret to most of us here is that we have four new Liberty Church communities to be planted. Just today, I believe we have launched even websites for those new church plants, for each of them. For Liberty Church, St. Pete, uh, for his, his Manzini's, that's the top of Manzini's website, which is kind of cool. Liberty Church, St. Pete is up there as well, with Brian and Jan down in Florida. Of course, Chad and Emily Rodriguez over here are gonna be moving to SF. <laughs> In California, I just drove by there this week on my way to a conference in California, drove by the city again and was just reminded of our passion for that place. And they're not too far from here in beautiful Bay Ridge, Brooklyn, where Heath and Emily Kirk and all are gonna be planting our newest community here in the city. I'm just, I'm thrilled about it. I, I pray that you're praying with us. You know, 2017 and beyond, these 
Four communities are going to be established, and you can pray with us. You can pray for these planters. And to be honest, we're getting to the stage now, especially with websites going live and family dinners being held and launch team meetings being held and Manzini launching on the 21st of May. It's an early birthday present for me on the 22nd. Uh, is we're gonna be celebrating the launch of theirs. That's gonna be the next community to launch. And it's just really weeks from now. May is gonna come in no time. You can help us spread the word, uh, build faith and build the team. A new wine scams, amen. Second thing that I'm thrilled about this year uh, is that we're gonna be relaunching, revamping, if you like, uh, our next steps initiatives across the church. Uh, you know, our number one priority is we came into this year, we had a staff retreat last year, we prayed. Of course, there's always many things that we wanted to take forward in the vision of the church, but our number one priority for this year was to make the journey as easy as possible, that as many people as possible would make that journey from being a guest here with us maybe for the very first time to calling Liberty Church home. Finding your spiritual family, your community, your tribe, if you like, being planted, as the Bible puts it. You know, we've had a, a, an approach to it that's worked well and served us well. Hundreds of us, probably the majority of us in this room, went through some iteration of what was like a four-week course. You did every week for a month after service, and it was good, served us well. Hundreds of people benefited from it. But we've spent recent months collaborating on and crafting a new approach that I'm kind of excited about. That's gonna roll out starting next month in the month of February. And what we've done is we've really dispensed with, in some senses, the course, and we've simplified the whole journey of getting plugged in and planted into our church into three simple steps. In fact, I think we can put them up on the screen. Our steps, step one, step two, and step three. Three individual steps, each of them like a 30-minute commitment after service that can be done completely separately at different times. So the first being what we're gonna call Welcome to Liberty. This I'm really excited about. This is a brand new thing for us. On the first Sunday of every month at every community, right after the service, we're gonna have, you could call it a welcome reception, you could call it a party, you could call it a social, call it what, what you like, but in each community, we're gonna have a very relaxed, low-key opportunity for you to meet the pastors and leaders of that community uh, to connect, We'll have food and drink and host you and get to know you and let you get to know us. A very easy, relaxed entry point into Liberty Church. First Sunday of every single month. And then on the second Sunday of every month, we're gonna have step two. Some people might go from step one to step two, just like that, from week one to week two. And if they do, that's great, but we're not gonna count on that. Second Sunday of every month, we're gonna have what we call making Liberty home. <clears throat> Try to name these crystal clear. There's no confusion here, is there? Making Liberty Home, if you're interested in joining our community, we have a one-time 30-minute class and we're gonna resource them with a beautiful print material that's got a lot of the things we used to teach in person wrapped up in a journal. My faith goal is that by this time next year, it's a beautiful magazine. That's what I would like, that we publish once a year full of stories of testimonies and grace, photos of what God's doing in our community. But for now, we're doing a beautiful manual. <laughs> Step at a time, amen. And... Uh, we're gonna be giving that to people who come to that simple class, who have the opportunity by doing that to understand who we are, what we're about, what we believe, who runs this church, that would be enough information for them to make that life-changing decision to say, I'm crossing the line. People can attend without doing any of these things, but I think if you wanna put your roots down, the Bible says, you know, that they that are planted flourish. And so this is our attempt to help people really plant themselves. And then on the third Sunday of every month, we're gonna have a brand new thing called joining the team. It's like a team orientation, if you like. And people could do this at any time. In fact, our experience has been that oftentimes, the reason a four-week course didn't serve us as well is that oftentimes people are like, I like this church, but I'm gonna take my time working out this whole getting involved thing. And I want that to be okay for people to blow through these three things in three weeks, in three months or three years. And when they're ready and they say, I'm ready to join the team, awesome. Third Sunday of every month, join the team. Simple, 30-minute, orientation after service, share the vision and the heart of our church, the why of serving our, what we want for you, not just what we want from you, what we want for you. Help you find your lane. And in the coming months, we're not ready to launch it yet, but in the next couple of months, we're gonna launch Team U, a completely online training platform that after they've done their orientation, is gonna help them learn everything they need to know to join the team. You excited about that? I certainly am, because we wanna be the sort of church where people find it easy to make Liberty home. Third thing 
is that we're going to be launching a brand new team. If you were our last all-team gathering at the end of the year, you'd know I shared that we are launching a new team this year called the Legacy Team. We, we really have a heart to equip and immobilize people who have the gift of giving and a heart for generosity for, uh, toward the kingdom. You know, churches typically everywhere know what to do with people who have a gift with kids or a gift to worship or a whole lot of other gifts, gifts to speak. But the Bible very plainly says in Romans 12, uh, verses six to eight, it says we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And in, in verse 12, it says, if the gift is giving, let them give generously. And I just realized it was time for us to up our game when it came to serving people in our church whose passion, whose lane, who what they're on earth to do is in giving and in generosity. So we're gonna be launching a team under the leadership of Brian Harper uh, on our board of elders, you know, who runs very much in this himself. We have more information in the months to come, including how to connect with it from next steps, or maybe it resonates with some of you. We'll give you information and keep you posted. We're gonna be communicating with them on a regular basis and equipping them to run in the lane that they're passionate about. And the last one that I'm super excited about is we're launching something brand, brand new for our church starting on the first Wednesday of every month and it launches this March and that is that we are gonna be launching a new thing called Encounter Nights. You know, for the last couple of years, something that really initially came up out of the vision of our worship team was to do worship nights, a time when, you know, the practicalities of doing church in New York on a Sunday, sometimes in movie theaters with sessions about to come after us, is there are certain limitations of what we can do on a Sunday and even beyond those practical limitations, our heart is that Sunday is a place where a person with no church background or church experience at all can come in and find their place and begin to follow Jesus, thrive in community and make a difference. These encounter nights are gonna be something else, completely different from. The same DNA of our church, but a completely different expression when we can encounter God, encounter the Holy Spirit, encounter miracles, encounter freedom. Uh, and I'm believing for those nights to be filled with a God encounter with his people for every person to hear from God in a real and a personal way on those nights. So a few people are excited about that. So we're gonna keep them nice and consistent so there's no mystery when they are. We don't have to do a whole bunch of marketing and promotion for them because really they're not a, an event in that sense. Really these are a place, a space for people to encounter God and for God to encounter us and to change earth, Amen. I do believe each of these new ventures are gonna see us impact more lives by the power of God, help more people find community, and raise up more stories of grace. So, it's gonna be an incredible year. And it's my privilege right now to introduce our newest vision video. That was, that was for dramatic effect. Yep, we spared no expense. Pyrotechnics. I don't know if we cleared that with the school. <laughs> Slow clap. <laughs> it's awesome. So here's, here's my, it's awesome. So dramatic, wasn't it? Thought I was being assassinated for a second there. Go out in a blaze of glory, Vision Sunday. Not claiming that, not claiming that. <laughs> so listen, if you've never seen one of these before, every year we try and capture through a few stories of redemption and grace in our church, people whose lives have been impacted, really not by Liberty Church, but in Liberty Church. You understand the difference makes all the difference. By Him, through this community, we're gonna celebrate some stories now of life at the church. Enjoy. I think it's pretty amazing um, as we celebrate six years as a church, uh, all that God's done. And I think back on sitting in our lounge room in suburban Sydney with a journal, just mm. writing out what I felt the Holy Spirit saying to us about the heart and soul and the vision of our church and just how much of that has really come to pass. And to see the through line in all of that, I mean, at the very essence of who we are as a church, it's always been to know Christ and to make Him known. It's really as simple as that. 
We really hope that anyone that calls Liberty Church home is going to experience three things. That they would follow Jesus, uh, that they thrive in community, and that they'd make a difference. The bedrock of everything is to follow Jesus. This isn't just about an hour or two on a Sunday, but we do see Sunday as so important in following Jesus, not only as a place where people might choose to follow Jesus for the first time, but also we're believing that our Sunday services are gonna help equip people to follow Jesus day in and day out through community, through teaching, through worship, through creating an environment where we follow Jesus together. I grew up in an atheist household and I was always told that the Bible was like a means to control people. And it wasn't until I uh, went to church reluctantly with a, with a coworker for her birthday and I, it just completely changed the trajectory of my entire life. I came to church by myself, um, not knowing one single person at church, not having a single um, connection there. It was just the environment that um, was cultivated there. People were just loving on me just for no other reason than to love on me. And um, it was the uh, idea that I'm valued, that I could leave any shame, guilt that I was carrying from um, my life and this is a, a safe place to be. I grew up in church, I was baptized when I was five, um, but never had a relationship with the father um, that I felt was mine. My life before coming to Liberty was what I thought pretty sweet. I had everything that a person could want in the natural, money, power, but there was still something missing. And the first Sunday that I and my family walked into Liberty, um, the Holy Spirit just gave me a huge download, and that download um, I'm still digesting and walking through right now, so ever life-changing, yeah. Having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ has allowed me the freedom, the freedom to not try to figure things out, uh, the freedom to know that God is completely and utterly satisfied with me because he's satisfied with Jesus and Jesus lives within me. So that freedom, I was only able to walk in once I started spending time with the Father, um, once I started to listen, once I started to obey. Like Paul says in Philippians 3.10, it's like my determined purpose is to know him and I walk my life that way. My determined purpose is to know Him. thriving community is really important for us. Our hope would be that as you follow Jesus, you would, you would find yourself in community and discipleship. And so really our community groups are a place where you watch people go from a place of maybe isolation or coming to church where when they step into a community group and are discipled and are following Jesus together with other people, they really begin to thrive and flourish. I mean, we've had weddings, we've had funerals, we've had babies born and everything in between. And through every season of life, it's our hope for people that they would really thrive in that wherever they are. One day, my mom texted me out of nowhere and she asked me, hey, have you heard of Liberty Church? And she was going to a church in Hawaii that Andy had preached at several times. And so I Googled Liberty Church and I found that it was five blocks away from our apartment. And Aisha and I showed up on Vision Sunday joking, wouldn't it be funny if we ended up at the same church? And by the end of the Vision Sunday video, we were both in tears. 
it wasn't even a question. We both just knew that we were at home. And But through Liberty and through the community groups, we've been able to host so many different groups of women. And I think it's been really encouraging for us to see God work through us and to learn you know, from each other. And then also see women come together and really support each other through different stages of life. Seeing people come into the group with things that have been on their heart or things that they're really praying um, to God about and then actually be able to see the victory on the other side and to be able to cheer them on in the process and for us all to be blessed by that story. Community to me means a place where you can be accountable, where you can be challenged, where People know what's actually going on in your life and you can live authentically. It's very easy to sort of put on a facade and act like everything is okay. So a place where you can actually be genuine and vulnerable and still feel loved. These past two years have been such a spiritually rich time in my life and Liberty is certainly plays such a huge role in that. I've had other friends who aren't a part of Liberty comment and say, wow, it seems like you all really know each other so well. and." Um, I think it's a testimony of how God can work through a genuine community. Well, I think if you follow Jesus and you thrive in community, the most natural thing in all the world is that you're going to want to make a difference. And, you know, I think that happens when you discover who you are in Christ. You find out you've got gifts and talents and a part to play in the body of Christ. and and you join the team, that's what it looks like for us. We've got this incredible team, diverse, you know, all different gifts and talents, all different walks of life, and whether they end up serving in visionaries, which ministers to the business community of our church and equipping people to impact the marketplace, or the company, which is really a movement for the men of our church, gathering and discipling Christ-like men, or, I don't know, Liberty Kids ministering to the next generation um, and our youth and empowering them. There's so many places to serve. As long as I can remember, I struggle with depression and I don't know why. We never, my family, we never knew why. Nothing ever happened to me that would make me, you know, have this problem, but it was just something that I've always suffered. It really hit me when I first moved here. I mean, this was my dream to live in New York City, but when I got here, it just, it all just hit me and I felt alone and I felt like I didn't know if I could handle it. And I had a really good friend who went to Liberty and just kept inviting me to come. And she basically persisted until I finally went. I got involved and I started serving. And I always had a really, um, huge affinity towards sisterhood. I loved sisterhood so much and I was volunteering for one of the sisterhoods that we did the Darling Sisterhood and somehow someone asked me to do to paint for it. They asked me to do one of the backgrounds and so I did and I just like it was so freeing. We just put on worship music and we just started painting and it just awakened something in me. This is something that I can use to to almost give back to him, to give back to the church. Um, that's why I love doing visuals so much. I didn't know all these parts of myself until I knew God. God is, he's a redeemer and he's made it into something beautiful and he's made me into a new creation. And I get to share that with people. And I have so many people at Liberty that, that walk with me in that. And that's what makes it so special that I have these amazing friends and I have these amazing team members that I get to work with and we get to come together and we make beautiful things all to glorify God. I mean, our heart's desire is to know Christ and to make Him known and I think we've come to the conclusion that that looks like church planting for us. We're a church planting church. We want to create more places in more cities, more neighborhoods where people can follow Jesus, thrive in community and make a difference. So the last few years we've been making preparations, walking with some great couples that are sons and daughters of the house. We developed training and raised money and tried to simplify and streamline everything to be as ready as possible uh, to add some babies to the family, I guess, you know, some new Liberty communities to be planted in these next few years. I've been a part of Liberty from the very beginning. I was there on the park bench, you know, I'm kind of, I guess, the first official volunteer ever to put my hand up for Liberty Church and have seen it 
kind of come this far ever since. So it's pretty cool. And then I came along about six months later and we fell in love and got married and had three babies. <laughs> we helped launch um, what was our original community in Tribeca, which is now downtown. And then six months later, we went to Union Square to help with the launch of Union Square. Yep, and at that point we were actually living in Brooklyn, so we were on the launch team for Liberty Brooklyn. And from there we've been the pastors and residents at Liberty Downtown for the last year or so. Yeah. And now we're super excited because we're on our way to San Francisco to help launch um, and be the pastors for Liberty Church San Francisco. For us it's just been something that's been in our hearts for a long time to just be pastors in full-time ministry, um, building a, a community and, and, and just kind of joining alongside people in a city. I wasn't born and raised in a Christian home and so I remember so much of my, um, my context for how I understood church was coming into a church for the first time, never being a part of it, never having any context for it, and just feeling really safe. And for us, that we would just really hope that people in San Francisco would, would understand is that, look, we just um, want you to find a place that you can come and, and explore. And, and you may have a context for faith, you may not. You may, have, you may have known Jesus in the past, you may not know Jesus at all, but I think the idea of being able to come into an environment where you're just welcomed as you are uh, and allowed to just join in the dialogue, to have a seat at the table, to, to be a part of a community is something that um, you know, we're deeply excited about. Because it's hard to form um, strong, deep, true relationships and connections and that's what I want to build and create in San Francisco and that's what I found here. I think that that is something that Liberty truly is and can be and will be in the city of San Francisco. It's funny, we had this sense from the earliest days that he was calling us to New York City uh, to influence a city that influences the world. And I mean, by his grace, we're starting to see that vision unfold, not only through um, planting new Liberty communities across the nation and, and even internationally, but what's happening through Liberty Foundation, partnering with local churches, disaster relief, I mean, humanitarian work, sending missionaries. I mean, it's just stunning and humbling to be a part of and to watch. Uh, in some ways, that vision began to come to pass for the nations. So we're really excited about all the different plants that we have happening because these people have just been a part of the family and have flourished and truly been thriving here and are stepping into the next season of purpose. So um, in San Francisco, California, we've got Chad and Emily and their three babies are gonna be moving over there and we're gonna be cheering them on as they really become a part of the fabric of San Francisco over there. In Manzini, Swaziland, uh, we have uh, Lou and Zinti um, that are on the ground there and already thriving with the Liberty community Center and so down in St. Pete we've got Bryant and Jen Jennings who have been a part of the family for a long time now as well part of our Brooklyn community and then also here in Bay Ridge Brooklyn we've got Heath and Emily Kirkendall who have been amazing pillars within our church that have a real heart for Bay Ridge live in Bay Ridge and I really believe we're gonna see a flourishing community there too well, of course, wherever Liberty Church goes, so does Liberty City. And we really established Liberty City in the early days of the church uh, to help us bring people and organizations together across all different sectors, government, NGOs, faith-based organizations, to partner together um, to foster wholeness uh, in the wider community um, and many ways to believe to affect change for the greater good of our cities. I have a lot of hopes and prayers, but I think when I think about the main one, is what I've been kind of on my knees for as I pray for our church, is that they would rise up as true followers of Jesus Christ in the times that we're living in. One of my uh, big prayers for this coming season, especially just given the state of the world and affairs, um, is that uh, there'd be unity in the church and <laughs> that we'd be for each other, that we would rally around uh, what we have in common and 
overcome our differences. I believe the heart of God smiles when his people dwell together in unity and the scripture says he, he, he bestows blessing in that place. Mm-hmm. And I'd love to see the church of God rise up and stand together for something mm-hmm. bigger than ourselves. Father, we are overwhelmed at the fact that you are with us and that you sent your son, Jesus, Emmanuel. We are so grateful for our inheritance and what you have given us. We are thankful for what you have done and we are thankful for what you are going to do. And so, Father, we celebrate today. We say thank you. We honor you. We thank you for dwelling among us and being with us and for us and going ahead of us and behind us and all around us. And we ask that you would just continue to lead the way. So once again, I just once again, we just give you this part of the body of Christ. We give you our part. We give you the part that you have given us to play. And we ask that you would continue to lead us in your way. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can we thank John and Aaron again and the team? Man. To know Christ and make him known, that we would know him that we would deeply, deeply know him and that we would make him known. That is our prayer. That is our prayer for you. And so I just want to walk through the three things that we are so passionate about, that we are stepping into, that we want to do together over um, for the rest of our lives (laughs) until Jesus returns for his bride. And so the first one is this. I mean, we talked about it on this video and the stories. I'm so grateful for every person that shared. Thank you for being vulnerable and sharing your journey with us. You know, the first thing is this, is that our heart's desire, our heart's desire for for you, for all of us, is that we would follow Jesus with a passion, that we would be followers of Jesus. You know, a lot of times we say that we would serve God or love God, but you know what? A lot of people say that they know God. Oh, I know God. I believe in God. But that we would be a people that passionately follow Jesus, that we would be truly his disciples in the season that we find ourselves in here on the earth, that we would not hold back, but we would get on our knees. We would read the gospels. We would dig in. We would follow him. We would lay down our lives, that we would truly rise up in the days that we are living in. And you know what we want? We want Sundays, the time that the saints come together. We want this to be the time where you are equipped. Yes, we will rally together. We will worship because what does worship do? We are literally singing the same things. We are one voice. We come in here with different experiences, different backgrounds, different maybe even beliefs on different things. But when we begin to worship together, we are in unity, singing the same song, lifting up the one and only name of Jesus. And so our Sundays, our Sundays are going to be a time of equipping. We want this place, when you gather in your community, be that in Brooklyn or Bay Ridge or San Francisco or St. Pete or Manzini or downtown or Union Square or Upper West Side. We want you to walk in there, be in community, see one another, love one another, worship together, be unified, and be equipped to be a follower of Jesus Christ right out of those doors. This is not your Christianity here. This is a part of it. This is the equipping place. And we are more passionate than ever as a team that we would get better at equipping you, activating you so that you know what to do when you walk out those doors, so that you know how to share Jesus, so that you know how to pray for somebody when they're sick, so that you can share the gospel and people's lives would be saved, not by raising their hands in here, but by raising their hands out there to him. Yes, we want people to raise their hands in here. We will always give an opportunity, but we want you to be equipped to do that out there. Jesus answered John 14, 6. 
Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you will know my Father as well. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. We want to show you, we want to get better at always talking about the way Jesus lived, the truth that he is and the life that he lived so that we can follow him in all of our lives. See, we have to get good at laying down our ways and looking at his ways. And my prayer is that when you walk through these doors, you would not only fall in love with all the people that we get to do life with, but you would feel like I got this week. And you would walk out the doors knowing what to do. It says in, in Ephesians 4, and I'm just going to read 11 and through 13. It says, so Christ gave him, himself gave, Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and the teachers. Not just the Western church thinks it's just the pastors and the teachers. He gave apostles, evangelists, and prophets to do what? They're not, in, I am not in ministry. Well, yes, I am. We all are. <laughs> He did what? To equip, equip the saints for the works of service so that the body of Christ may be what? Built up until we reach what? Unity. This is our word in the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. I think we need to preach on that, break that scripture down. There is so much goodness in that about what Sundays are for. They are a rallying point for the saints to get bolstered up to go out and follow Jesus. I've been having hilarious, like these just amazing conversations with Tyler and Hannah Pines as of late. And I'm, I'm, I was in the middle of a manuscript and I was like, I don't want any heresy in my manuscript. So I need some people that will give it to me straight. Who loves the people that give it to you straight? And so I gave Tyler my manuscript and he read through it and we had this conversation at their, their table and it was a lot of fun. And, you know, we've been talking about the gospel and following Jesus and what that truly means and, 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 and we've been kind of going back and forth and Tyler wrote this whole awesome email and we're all talking about it and trying to figure out how we can walk in the fullness of the good news. Who wants to do that? Not just a part of it, all of it. And so he said this one, you just, this one line that was so good, and we'll put it up on the screen. He was talking about the purpose of our gathering. The purpose of the church, therefore, is not to save the world. This is not the moment. This is the equipping. Listen to this. That is the mission of the saints who have been given the ministry of reconciliation. The purpose of the church is to equip the saints to gather, to stir each other in love and good works. And worship God corporately in spirit and in truth in the days of the tabernacle of David. You can leave that up there. How good is that? Thank you, Tyler Pines. I appreciate you. <laughs> His wife just kissed him. She's so proud. They are awesome. But we are. We are passionate that you would follow Jesus. And that Sundays would be a place where you would be equipped to do so as you walk out the doors. Number two is this. We want you to thrive in community. You saw the stories, right? And we all know we've been there where maybe we're, uh, you know, we come to church and we love church, but, you know, going into community or being in a community group, that's a little bit scary. That's a commitment, first of all. Second of all, what if I don't like them? What if it gets weird? What if they say, you know what I mean? We all have those like barriers, barriers, protect myself, protect myself. So, but we want you to thrive. What does thriving look like? Well, let's just go straight to the word of God in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 2, verses, verses 42 through 47. The Holy Spirit has just come. Peter has just done a massive altar call and preached the gospel for the first time. And they're baptizing people. And then people begin to thrive in the early church. It says they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves. No one had to tell them to do it. They were hungry. They were thirsty. How do I follow Jesus? I am choosing to devote myself. That is how you will thrive. It's a choice. It is a choice to devote yourself. What did they devote themselves to? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the equipping. They devoted themselves to that. They devoted themselves to fellowship. They devoted themselves to breaking bread. They devoted themselves to prayer. Those are the first four things. And you begin to thrive when you do that. Everyone was filled with awe. Many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and had everything in common. Common unity. They were in unity. They had everything in common every day. Oh, they sold property and um, possessions to give to anyone who had need. Hello, has anyone done that lately for someone in your community group? It got quiet. 
Not, no? I don't have a stoop sale for them yet? Okay. Every day, they continued to meet together in the temple courts. I don't want to go to church on Sunday. I don't want to go to the temple. They went every day. High commitment levels. Passion. <laughs> they broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And the Lord added to their numbers daily those who were being saved. This is a picture of thriving. See, we want you go to go from a place of equipping where you would be equipped on a Sunday and step into and choose community, choose others. So we have community groups. We have a place where you can step into discipleship, where you will break bread with others, where you will be, you will be equipped and activated. You will learn how to pray. You will read books together. You will challenge and confront each other. You'll sit around tables and break bread and maybe fight sometimes and then pray together when it's all over. Because you know what? That's what we do. And if you want to thrive... We so want you to thrive in this city. We don't want you to do the five years in the city and then leave. See, my kids don't know any different. They're New Yorkers. Who's the New Yorkers? Born and raised New Yorkers. Give me your hands. Yeah. Me too. We want you to thrive. Be enriched. But you know what? We have got to choose each other and do life together, choose community, choose meals around the table, conversations that cause us to rise and to stand up, that challenge our belief systems, people, you know, taking the train. See, I, you know what I love? Do you know what people did? My mother-in-law, they, they took the train out to Connecticut to sing worship over her countless times. This is what community does for each other. We, when, when you begin to go into community, in community groups, you get to know friends and people that you want to do life with, that you would lay your life down for. I have just started reading this beautiful book by Eugene H. Peterson called A Long Obedience in the Same Direction. You want to talk about discipleship and thriving? It is a long obedience in the same direction. It is continue to choose each other, continue to choose to follow Jesus, continue to choose to humble yourself in the same direction. Listen to this quote. The essential thing in heaven and earth is that there should be a long obedience in the same direction. There, thereby results and has always resulted in the long run something which has made life worth living. It is the long obedience in the same direction which the mood of the world does so much to discourage. See, we choose along obedience in the same direction together to thrive in community as we break bread together. So let's continue to choose one another. Thriving comes as we live with an agricultural mindset and not a fast food one. We will thrive if we live agriculturally, understanding that seeds that are planted take time to grow and we must tend them. But that is what community looks like, choosing one another, community groups. I think we even start signups today, don't we? So if you're going, okay, do it. Break bread together. It will change everything. Number three is this. Man, so... We follow Jesus, we're passionate, we go out there in our spheres of influence, we're, we're his followers, we're doing life together, we're choosing the slow burn of discipleship, and then what do we do? Well, man, we don't want to keep this all to ourselves, let's make a difference, let's lift up our eyes, let's give this away, let's build a home here on Sunday so that people can start that whole cycle in their own lives, that long obedience in the same direction. What do you do when someone is about to come over to your house? Well, hopefully you clean it. You buy some food, you get things ready, you maybe light some candles, turn on some music, make it a beautiful place that when people walk in, you're like, come on in. And when they walk in, you're not like, take care of yourself. Well, I do sometimes. I say make yourself at home. So, but <laughs> you make food or you buy food, depends, right? who you are, but you create a space, you create a home, an environment for people to walk into. See, we have got places here on Sundays and outside of Sundays on midweek where you can make a difference for those that are not yet home or those that have not yet found community. See, we love the team that came here this morning and worked everything out, got here to make this house a home so that when you walked in and these guys sang that first note, we're all like, oh, anyone else? What? They should have all dropped the mic at the end. <laughs> My gosh. 
But we have all these teams. We've got beautiful teams. We've got, I think they've got the slides. I put them up there. Sunday and midweek teams where you can make a difference. Worship, production, service. When you can serve, uh, building the service, logistics, visual experience, Liberty Kids, prayer team, hosts, welcome team, connections desk, hospitality team, next steps team, lounge team. That's just Sunday alone where you can make a house a home for other people. When you walked in, you're like, it was so nice to come home here. Why don't we do that for someone else? And what if you're like, man, I want to I do something else too. Well, great. <laughs> we have a midweek connections team for people that fill out those connect cards where you're like, I want to help someone begin the journey. I want to help them. Or Liberty City team, which Ashley and all the different guys are setting up and running and it's going so amazing. Just loving and building bridges in our community. Isn't that amazing? What about Liberty Foundation team, creative teams, office administration, any administrators in the house, y'all? Not me, but we are thanking God for you. <laughs> Visionaries team, sisterhood, and she is free. The company, which includes the reserve of men in each community, building that in their communities. Youth, legacy team, it goes on and on. There is so many ways we can make a difference, not to mention just, you know, back to number one, follow Jesus. You'll make a difference wherever you are. This quote, I, I, I read this, uh, I read this article this week. It's called, I'm going to get the team up here. We're going to sing here in a minute, and then I'm, I'm going to pray. Sorry, I'm flipping the, so everyone come up. Load in if you are singing this song. <laughs> this balloon, I got to get rid of it. It's like, you know, thank you, Matt. I just threw it and made another mess down there, and then <laughs> I'm just preparing the house stage. No, I'm just... <laughs> So, and can we just, this team, what the heck? Thank, let's thank them. And the production team, hello, miracle workers. And who loved our special effects on the video? You guys are like, ooh, I like how they've edited this part. Paul's like, no, no, no. <laughs> the intercessors were on their faces. Everything got worked out. Listen to this, this scripture, or not, it's not a scripture, it's a quote. In an article that I read called The Glory of Plodding, put it up. What we need are fewer revolutionaries and a few more plodding visionaries. That's my dream for the church. A multitude of faithful, risk-taking plotters. The best churches are full of gospel-saturated people holding tenaciously to a vision of godly obedience and God's glory and pursuing that godliness and glory with relentless, often unnoticed, plotting consistency. How are we gonna make a difference? This, a whole bunch of plotters. You know what, guys? I'm just gonna say it. I want to grow old with you. And if I could sing the song from the wedding singer, I would, but I was not prepared. But I do, I wanna sit on our stoops together as we watch the generations rise up because we just plotted along. We kept showing up, we kept gathering, showed up on our good days, on our bad days when we weren't holding it all together. We kept showing up, we kept getting equipped, we kept showing up for each other in community, we kept breaking bread, we kept showing up at the hospital when we were mourning or when we were dancing with joy, we just kept showing up. I wanna plod along with you. It's the kind of church I wanna build, one that outlasts all of us taking our last breath. One that is unified and beautiful and powerful and gospel-saturated people walking in their identity. Let's plod along together. Let's make a difference. Let's follow Jesus. Let's choose to thrive and let's make a difference in this city and the cities we are called to, amen? Well, you know what we're gonna do? I'm gonna pray for you in a minute, but why don't you all stand up for a moment? Because this song, we're gonna sing Death Was Arrested. And we are going to be reminded why we gather because Jesus Christ gave his life. He arrested death and he rose again so that we could have life. So before I invite you into life with him, we are gonna sing what this is all about, amen? All right, let's do a team.
and your shame, the identity that you have been trying to find, wondering who you are, looking to yourself to discover who that is. He says, look to me, lay down your life, receive me and you will find out who you are. So for you, I'm not talking to the Christian who has had a hard week. I am talking to those of you who are not following Jesus. You are following your own way. You are following your own truth and you're trying to make your own way in your life because it is time to turn from your ways and turn to him and say, I'm gonna follow Jesus starting today. I wanna learn who I am and what my identity is in him. And I'm gonna walk out those doors. I'm gonna put myself in community and begin to thrive and make a difference in my sphere of influence. So if you're in here this morning and you're going, I wanna follow Jesus. I wanna turn from my ways and give my life to him. I wanna pray for you right where you are. So all over this place, if you're going, that's me. I wanna follow him. I wanna become a Christian right now, today, at the count of three, lift your hand right where you are. One, two, three, put them up. Yeah, come on. Yes, awesome, here and here and here, awesome. Come on, anybody else saying I wanna follow Jesus over here? Anybody else, it's me, today. Yes, and here, amen. With eyes open and hands all held high. Heads held high. I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. I will follow him and lay down my life. Amen. So for those of you that just proudly lifted your hand and said, I want to be a part of this family, we're going to pray a prayer right now. Those of you that raised your hand, especially those of you who pray this prayer, but everybody else in here as well, let's pray it together. And as you do, a miracle is taking place. You are leaving your old life and you are following Jesus in relationship with the loving Father who came to save you and set you free. So everybody repeat after me. Say, Father God, thank you for saving me. I believe that you sent your son Jesus to live and to die on a cross in my place and rise again so that I could have eternal life and connection to you, Father God. I thank you that you are a good father. You are a kind father. You are a redeeming father. And I will get to know you and you will change my life. I lay it all down right now and I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Liberty Church Podcast. If you are in New York City or will be visiting the New York area soon, please be our guest on Sunday. For service times and locations, please visit libertychurchnyc.com.